0: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Walkie Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin, and joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. And bringing you today's podcast, as they always do, is Himalaya. And if... You know, you're you're trying to figure out how to catch up on all of your podcasts. Himalaya is a great way to go about doing that. You can get locked on bucks on the brand new podcast app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast locked on bucks. Frank, you record a podcast while I wrote last night. Um, and I'm I'm curious, was, uh, was it a celebratory tone or was it just, uh, you know, kind of taking, taking care of business kind of
1: tone? Well, I have nothing left to say about the series cause, um, cause I already gave my thoughts. So I'm just going to sit here in silence and listen to you <laughs> talk about the game. Um, no, I, I, that, to be honest, I, that was kind of one of the things I, um, I was kind of struggling with as I did my kind of quick prep before recording. I tried to get it up, um. You know, a few hours after the game, so people would have, uh, you know, get their get their fix of me mm-hmm. talking about the Bucks. If that's if that's your thing, I appreciate everybody actually who uh, who cares enough to to listen to me talk by myself about what I just saw. Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of the thing I struggled most with because um, I think you know, I mentioned it on the the podcast, but I think. I always before before the you know before kind of we got to where we are with the Bucks being the first seed in the freaking whole freaking league um, I I just sort of like I always thought oh when the Bucks finally win that first playoff series it's going to be so great right it's going to be that like yeah. building block and you know maybe you can win another series after that but you know we We didn't think this was going to be a 60 win team this year. We thought, you know, (laughs) yeah, Eastern Conference Finals. I think we thought that should be the goal. Um, But you know, you got to start somewhere, and it was going to be awesome to to finally get that, you know, that that I won't call it a full size gorilla, but you know, that that monkey off your back the first round, first round, uh, you know, drought uh, breaking that um so it was a little weird because like emotionally i kind of i mean we've been so prepared for them to win this series i mean you have been you know scoffing at the mere idea of entertaining that they wouldn't win this series (laughs) so um so then it feels almost like disingenuous to like treat it like some huge thing to be celebrated because it's like okay you know now next on to the next series but uh, you know, I think especially given how many days we're going to have, presumably before the next series starts against Boston, um, I do think it's important to, to kind of appreciate, you know, what it is and what it means, and the progress that, you know, now is is being made in Milwaukee. And, um, you know, I, as I was thinking about it a bit more today, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking a little bit about, um, you know, some of the other series. And, you know OKC and OKC likely, obviously, you know, not looking so good as far as uh, being able to take down the Blazers down three one. And you know, I just think back to that Oklahoma City team. And I mean, I remember where I was in twenty twelve. I spent um, that that summer in in California on a project for work, and I was in California for the most most of that summer. And I just remember be- watching those games against uh, the heat when the sudden the thunder made it to the finals. And um, you know, like did, did anybody think that that, that thunder team, that was going to be their only shot at at an NBA championship, you know Um, you know, you, you, it's crazy, (laughs) right? I mean, these things that you think, Oh, this team's going to be competing for championships for the next five years, seven years, whatever stuff happens stuff changes injuries happen free agency happens other teams dramatically get better your team might get worse you know all these things can happen and so i think as we're going through this i mean even though the bucks are now only through the first round and you'd hope that this becomes the norm to to get out of the first round easily um and bigger and better things are are what you're shooting for you know again appreciate sort of every step of the journey hopefully it's a long one you know i mean hopefully obviously that you know they they aren't upset, and I and I do think it would be an upset if they lose to the Celtics, just given you know what we've seen from both of these teams over the last twelve months. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I kind of was, you know, I don't know, it got me kind of in the last twenty four hours. I've I've become very you know sort of I've been trying to be a little introspective about what this what this has meant and, and what it could mean, and and just to you know appreciate it. And I think we talked a little bit about that during the regular season as well. That you know as much as we were spending the last like you know, month or two sort of saying, all right, all right, let's, you know, we've proven everything here in the in the, in the the regular season, let's get on to the playoffs. Um, yeah. You wanted to appreciate it as well because there has not been a more enjoyable regular season in my lifetime to watch as a Bucs fan. And, you know, I think when you pair that with with the fact that you're watching a singular talent in terms of Giannis, um, I, I don't think you can say that there's been, you know, a Bucks season since Kareem, you know, since they were really competing uh for for the championship um way back when that that you know this team has, has had a more fun team to watch so um so yeah i don't know it's 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 kind of an interesting it's it's confusing in sort of an interesting way um but again i think that also just speaks to the fact that the bar is now raised and and we are not uh, we're no longer prisoners of uh of those low expectations
0: I, I think it's, re- yeah. I, I guess kind of all of this just kind of crystallized for me last night. Where, you know, uh, I guess going a little bit inside inside baseball here. I guess inside beat reporting. Like obviously, everyone has is trying to figure out hotels and flights and like you know how you're going to get to the next game or if there's going to be a next game. And you know, like everyone was kind of thinking like you know this is going to be done in four and at the half, like, you know, you're going into the press room and people are looking up flights and hotels and, you know, seeing if they have like the cancellation that they need or, you know, how many days that they're going to have to take off what they originally booked, like all this stuff, like all this is happening. And like, I I just kind of looked around and I was like, what are you guys doing? Like the bucks are going to win. There's, there's so much better than the Pistons. Like they, they are going to win. And like, just thinking through the audacity of that statement, right? Like, if if you were if you were a Bucks fan at the at the start of the season that heard, uh, you know, the Bucks would get out to a three nothing lead in the series and then go down six at halftime of Game Four, you would say, "Never trust the Bucks," right? You, you would say, "Yeah, they'll, they'll probably blow it, and you know, there'll be a Game Five or or, or whatever it may be." But like, to me, it was just like the Bucks are going to win this game. And there's there's literally not any thought in my mind that they could lose it. And, you know, like that to me is just kind of whether or not, who knows what happens with this team. Who, who knows if they if they beat the Celtics and then the Sixers or the Raptors or, or goes to the finals or whatever it may be. Who knows? But just, just that feel for this team, I think is something that, Certainly I will remember about covering this team and I would, you know, I would hope fans kind of remember about getting to watch this team that, you know, as, as you got to watch them, there was a bunch of times where they'd be down at the half and you would just kind of say, yeah, they're going to win this one like like, just think how many times and really think about like the margins at, at which that occurred. Like, you know, after they come back from 20, whatever it was against the bulls in that first half. And uh, was that the first month of the season? I feel like at that point, it just kind of felt like, yeah, you know, you don't really have to worry about this Bucks team. Like they, they, they'll come back and they'll figure it out. And obviously there was, uh, you know, some bumps along the way, obviously thinking about the Phoenix Suns, I think is one, but, uh, that's just kind of what this team was. And I, I I think it's really kind of tough to figure out exactly how to balance out the, you know, celebration of winning a first round playoff series while also balancing those expectations. And, you know, like, it, it was just kind of interesting to, to talk with Giannis after the game last night and, you know, hear him say like, you know, this is really big. It's kind of incredible to think about how far we've come where, you know, that, that first playoff series against, against the Bulls, you know, we lose by 50 in the final game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all this that, stuff- that's still
1: one of the most unbelievable scorelines that I, I, I mean, I, I, how do you lose by 54 points at home in game six of any playoff series? I, it, that, that's still just mind boggling that, that everything about that game, but anyway, not to, not to d- interrupt you.
0: No, it's it's insane. It, it's it, that that game is uh, just a, an outlier among outliers. Like that that kind of stuff shouldn't shouldn't happen, and really doesn't happen. And you know, just to think about how far this team has come, like I do think that there does have to be at least some recognition of that. Uh, there does have to be at least some kind of appreciation of that. Uh, and I think it's going to be tough. Uh, and hopefully, you know, that, that was, you know, like something you could do last night and, you know, something that most box fans will still be able to do today uh, when this comes out on Wednesday. And then, yeah, like, we, we can get into, you know, like the nitty gritty on, on the Boston Celtics on uh, on Thursday and Friday, and we'll, we'll kind of break some of that down. But, you know, I do think that there does have to at least be, there does have to be at least some celebratory tones. And again, maybe they can be muted now. Um, but, you know, as you go forward, I do think uh, actually winning a playoff series and, you know, you'd hope that there's multiple playoff series wins coming in future years. Um, you know, whether or not the Bucks have as good of a chance to go to the finals in any other subsequent year after this. But, you know, you, you do still hope there's some playoff success coming in the next four to five years. Um, but, you know, this is this is a step like this is a, maybe not monumental, victory but it is big and it is something that that simply hasn't happened in a long time
1: yeah and and um i think again watching Giannis do it and, and i think that was really probably what made last night's game so special was you know especially after Giannis looking kind of out of sorts in that game three um for the bucks to not just move on to the next round but to do it with uh you know a a classic Giannis takeover game um yeah you know to to kind of say all right you know what guys time to remind everyone um on a TNT game that you know yes i am i am going to an mvp we we have seen enough balance at this point to probably call, call that election. If we were doing the election night, um, you know, voting projection, um, Giannis seems to be uh, very far ahead with, uh, you know, uh, about half of precincts reporting or whatever it is. Um, so for him to, to have a game like that, obviously he um, had, you know, long spells of dominance in those first couple of games, but uh, to do it on the road, you know, and I think that that was, I think the other piece too, right. I mean, you, tough to take too much from this series, but um, you know, I think we we mentioned after game 3 as well. I mean, there there are positives to the fact that the Bucks actually were losing at halftime of of multiple games here, right? Um, but yeah. were, were they trailing at halftime of 3 of the 4 games? Cuz they were trailing at halftime of game 2, trailing at halftime of game 4. No, I can't remember. Were they trailing at halftime of game 3? Probably not. Mm, no, they were winning at halftime I don't of think game so. 3. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But 2 out of 4 games they were losing at halftime including that, you know, game 4. Um, when, you know, the, the, that was, I would say the Pistons best effort, at least for two plus quarters. Um, and so I think, I think just for Giannis to just say like, all right, guys, you know what, this is, this is ending now jump on my back. Um, I'm going to take this, take this game over on both ends and, and just end this. Um, that was, uh, that was just made it that, that made it all the sweeter, right? I mean, if Giannis had scored 17 points and, you know, with apologies to, chris or, or eric bledsoe or whatever like we love those guys too but um not quite the same as as when you know your your mvp has a performance like that and uh you know i
0: know we're not allowed to say this but his double pump was better than mj's hand switch like it's it's not even close like it was better like i, I know i know it's sacrilege to say stuff like that but like one mj didn't even need to switch hands on that layup he could have just put it up with his right hand but he decided to switch hands to the left And then two, it wasn't even contested. Like the fact that Giannis had it cocked all the way back up at 12 and a half feet, somehow brings it down to, I don't know, probably eight ish feet, and then still manages to get off before he hit the ground. That was incredible. That is, that is gold standard Giannis highlight type stuff. And that is saying something for the highlights Giannis has put together.
1: Yeah, I wasn't as into that play as as most people. I feel like. What? I mean, I mean it was an amazing play, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't feel like it's on my uh, all time Giannis highlight list. I don't know. No way. Why not? Tell me why you don't like it. I mean, it was a great adjustment, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, it. it I, I'm, I'm more. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more. I, I. We're so spoiled with seeing Giannis is just insane space jam ish dunks um, including on guys that just something about the fact that this was more of a like finesse adjustment play it was almost like unyannis but isn't that cool isn't that cool like that he could do that too like that's why i think i like it is because like i've
0: seen him dunk on everyone like i've seen every type of dunk he could have on anyone anywhere any game any situation like i've seen all of those but to like see like the athleticism, the adjustment, like to me that was like I've never seen him do some stuff like that. Like I've seen him adjust on like some dunks. Like obviously the two hand one against the Heat where he like double pumped is still ridiculous. But like that's why I uh, that's why I liked that one. I, I liked it because it was like something different.
1: Yeah, I well, he had the um, it was obviously not as pronounced as that, but he also had a crazy finish when drummond filed him um in i think was a game two um and yep. for some reason it's it just like amazing. on some level it was just like oh it's just Giannis again just you know <laughs> breaking the laws of physics to 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 mess with andre drummond's emotions um yes. so I, I yeah i don't know um i mean again like the classic uh the classic problem of of us just sort of becoming numb to Giannis highlights, I guess. Um, although I'm I, now I'm thinking of last year when he when he jumped over Tim Hardaway and how I uh, similarly kind of like said that that was not like his like I, I don't. Oh, I'm
0: still I'm still there. I'm still there. That's not his best. Time. Yeah, I
1: and, and I didn't even think it was the best. Like I, I was I would not like it won the dunk of the year I think in the NBA and the, the like the official voting mm-hmm. they had at the league awards. I like I wouldn't have. I actually wouldn't have given it to him. I thought the LeBron dunk on Nurkic was was more impressive and cooler looking, because um, it's almost like you photoshopped. It's almost like somebody just photoshopped Tim Hardaway into that video. You know,
0: <laughs> like it's just like he just did an yeah, out regular yeah,
1: alley oop, and it just you know again like it just so happened that a six foot five guy was was standing there unaware getting jumped over. <laughs>
0: yeah. Anyway, no, no, this is I'm... this is
1: veering dangerously into. Um, Giannis non-appreciation so um I, I'll let, let's just let this pump the <laughs> brakes on I, it and say I love Giannis and he's amazing the fact
0: the fact that we are doing this I, I think speaks to just how much you know we do appreciate him uh the fact that we can uh shit on a highlight of his that no one in the wrestling league can do like I, I think that that's probably well, appreciated. I, shit
1: on yeah. is a little bit strong I, I'd say you know, not saying it's one of his all time highlights. You know, I mean, for maybe the, the best highlight, real guy in the league right now. Um, it's that's a high bar. Hey, we have high standards for him, and we appreciate his other plays greatly. So I'll, that's all I'll say.
0: So the one of the things I wrote at the Athletic, um, and and I guess it's something that you know kind of came up today on Twitter, as you know, I watched. Uh, everyone talk about Bucks Celtics, and you know both fan bases start to get mad and defensive. But um, you know, one of the things I wrote that we learned in 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 the series is just that the Bucks have more this season. And when I say they have more, it means you know they have more talented players, more shooting, uh, you know, just more players that can play in general. Um, are you, but, you, are know, you like, suggesting?
1: Would, are you suggesting that? Not needing to play Shabazz Muhammad and Jason Terry uh, critical minutes in Game Seven this year is a, is an advantage.
0: Yeah, I actually detailed that uh, at the Athletic, but like, I, and I talked about it today on, on the Big Show as well. But like, you look at Game Seven of that series against the Celtics, and again, like, I, that's kind of why it was fresh in my mind because it'll be Buck Celtics again. But like, the Bucks started Don at center in that game. He played twenty five minutes. They brought Jabari Parker off the bench. He played twenty nine minutes. Forty-year-old Jason Terry played twenty minutes, and then both Tyler Zeller and Shabazz Muhammad played non-garbage time minutes. And like you look at those final three guys, Terry, Zeller, Muhammad, all of them are not in the league. Zeller had got a chance late, but like the, they're not in the NBA. Jabari Parker played on two of the worst teams of the, in the league this year and struggled to find a role, a spot, like kind of what he was. Thon Maker. Couldn't get playing time on this Bucks team behind Brooke Lopez. His team, his his people requested a trade, and he got traded, and then dunked on mercilessly by Giannis uh, throughout the entire series. Like I, I, as I'm getting ready for for this game, you know, I tweeted it out too. Um, but like I, I've I've started to enjoy. Um, maybe I can find the exact tweet. Uh, but like you know i'm enjoying both celtics and bucks fans yell seriously you don't understand how much better we are than last year at each other like that that is that is that is bucks fans to celtics fans that is celtics fans to bucks fans like both of them are you know just off the hinges screaming at the other the other fan base like no you don't understand how good we are and then the response is no you don't understand how good we are like it's just going back and forth but you know, like I do think uh, obviously we're going to talk a lot about last year and, you know, those are, those are gonna be a lot of the talking points and that's gonna be a lot of the way that people view this series, but it's like, these are two really different teams from last season. And, you know, I just thought, you know, watching last night, like is Sterling Brown somehow almost got a triple double nine points, 13 rebounds and six assists, like uh, George Hill, team best plus 29 like you just kind of go through all this stuff Mirtich had a couple threes as well like you go through all this stuff and it's just like this Bucks team is way different than than they were last season and you know I, I think if there's there's one takeaway to to take from this first round it's just like you know this is a much better basketball team and, and again that goes without saying but like I do think that is something that you know should have been driven home by the Bucs dominating that series in the way that they dominated that series.
1: Yeah. And as we said, I mean, the, you know, I think that there's a degree to which um, both because the Pistons just, you know, don't measure up to a team like the Celtics and also just stylistically, I think the the Celtics have the ability to create more challenging matchups for the Bucks than, than Detroit did. Um, you know, I can understand what the idea of, of some fans, you know, if you're a Boston fan and, you know, you kind of cast aside the, whatever the Bucks dominated, however the Bucks dominated in, in their first round series and say, well, but the Celtics beat a, you know, a much better Pacer team. And, you know, there's truth in that. I mean, Boston also kind of struggled for, for long stretches. Um, you know, I think they're, uh, and again, I don't, you don't want to make too much out of it, but I mean, Indiana starters had a positive net rating in that series. It was not, um, you know, their best versus the Pacers best and Boston's best just being too dominant. Right. It, it was, um, it was a much closer series than sort of the sweep indicated, and you know, on some level, like hey, that, you know, that that's fine. I mean, Indiana defensively, in particular, can can do some things. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it all kind of goes out the window now. And you know, I think certainly um, the fact that there were only three games between the Celtics and Bucks in the regular season means that kind of everything will be more under the microscope, which is even... one of them without Horford. One of them without, but yeah, Bucks win in uh, in. December, I believe, because I remember watching that game at home um, yep. around Christmas time. Um, so the Bucks win pretty easily uh, in Boston when Horford wasn't available. Um, you know, the the Celtics win was in, what, game eight of the season uh, in November. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, even looking at uh, at that box score, I mean, I think John Henson, Dante DiVincenzo, and I don't <sighs> know if Delhi played, but I think there was one other person who played a lot that... Um, I think who else played in that there was, there was another like key bench person who is out of the rotation now. Um, so, I mean, even since then things have changed. I mean, at the time, the bucks wouldn't have like you know, really um, were, were loath to really do any switching. Um, I think they might've done some at the end of that game with Urson, but um, yeah. you know, things have changed since then for both teams. Uh, and, and obviously, the most recent game was that that narrow Bucks win uh, right after the All Star break in Milwaukee. So, I mean, that, that game obviously had sort of a, a toss up type type aspect to it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's not, you know, again, I think you can try to cherry pick the data uh, to to tell the story you want, um, but you know, ultimately, I think the thing I always come back to is just Bucks one sixty games. They have home court, you <laughs> know, Boston Boston doesn't, and I think. I would say the Celtics are capable of beating the Bucks, especially if uh, the Bucks get, you know, an injury or, um, you know, there's just multiple games where they just can't shoot and multiple games where, where the Celtics just light it up. But, um, you know, I think the Bucks are, are favored here for a reason. And, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll dig a lot more into that here in the next couple of days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I think we'll probably save some of that just because one, uh, it is ten ten PM, uh, here on Tuesday night and we still do not have game times. Uh, we do, we do not have a schedule, uh, for the playoffs. So we'll have to, or for the second round of the playoffs, excuse me. So we'll have to wait a little bit on that. Um, Bucks fans have been asking me all day if I know, I do not know, um, and I guess times would be, I think the earliest it could be is Saturday. The latest it could be is Monday. Um, so Saturday, Sunday, or Monday could all be uh, when that series would start. But no matter which one of those days it is, that means we're going to have plenty of time to to kind of break this down. So um, I think we'll leave it there for, for today. Um, I, I think we can get a lot deeper into this in the next couple of days, unless there's uh, something else that you would like to add, Frank.
1: No, we've got plenty of time to talk about this series. Uh, we've got plenty of time to tack on any additional stray thoughts about uh, about what we saw in the Detroit series. But um, I'm very glad that we can actually officially move on and uh, not just, you know, have our eyes fixed on the next round, even though the first round was still going on. I felt weird about that. You know, it just felt unnatural. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of things have felt... Out of the ordinary this season, and uh, now it's just a matter of the Bucks continuing to to give us reason to feel like that.
0: Uh, I know you got to hear some of it. Um, I, I know Matt Velasquez and Laurie Nickel also got to hear me say this in the last couple of days, but for the last week or so, my motto has pretty much been, just get me to Tuesday. Just, just get me to Tuesday, because I, I knew the, the series would be over at that point, and you know I could stop trying to think about how to make Bucks pistons interesting because, well, as I think we saw, it wasn't particularly interesting. Uh, Pistons made it a little bit more interesting than I, I think, you know, Bucks fans maybe would have wanted in games uh, three and four, but still nonetheless, Bucks win game four, 127 one Oh four and move on to the next round. So remember you can get this show every day by subscribing to locked on Bucks on the new Himalaya podcast app and in an ever Expanding podcast world. You need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Bucks. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on the new Himalaya Podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Bucks. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Locked On Bucks. We will talk to you about the Celtics for days. But we'll start with that tomorrow. We'll talk to you tomorrow.